Hello, and welcome back to From the Valley, a podcast about Christ, community, and cultivating our lives. My name's Kaylin Ham, and I've got a question for you. Does God still speak today? And if so, how can we hear him? Does he only speak to us through the Bible, or are there other ways? That's what we're talking about today in Episode 5, Hearing from God, with special guest Renee Holstrung. Well, welcome, Renee. Thanks for coming in to speak with me on you. like a, on your off day because you don't do this full time. You're not a podcast guest full time. No, <laughs> definitely not. <laughs> we'll see how this goes. Maybe you should be. Uh, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> and this is very special for me because uh, not only are you a very wise man and someone who's been integrated in this church for a very long time, uh, but you're also my father-in-law, mm. which is very special. This is kind of like family time for us, <laughs> which is cool too. Uh, mm-hmm. I married your oldest son, your only son, but mm-hmm. your your oldest yes. kid. So we've been family been, for a little while. I've been a blessing ever since, for sure, <laughs> or even before that, but yes. <laughs> so this is cool on, on multiple levels. Uh, and thank you for coming in to speak with me. My pleasure. So can you just tell me a little bit, like who you are, what you do, a little bit of your history. And then also you're an elder at our church. Mm -hmm. So kind of about that, what does that look like? Sure. Yeah. So as Kaylin mentioned, my name is Renee Holstrung. I am uh, been going to SVBC here since 2003. Um, I grew up in the Lutheran church, um, uh, my home church where I grew up um, and spent the first 40 some odd years of my life uh, was very important to me, and uh, but we decided to move to St. Albert, and gradually uh, we felt the pull uh, to do ministry in this community here. And uh, so we decided to make the move in 2003, in the summer of 2003, just as the church was going through some pretty significant troubles here, and uh, uh, but it was what really impressed me as as far as how the church dealt with conflict and dealt with challenges that really appealed to me. Uh, my wife Christine and uh, the kids had been going to something called We College um, before that, and uh, uh, so we decided to make that switch after trying one or two other churches, but we really felt at home here since 2003. And uh, yeah, I've served in various capacities. Uh, uh, this is my second stint on the elder board. I've had two stints on the diaconate as well. And uh, so as far as what we do as elders, um, basically uh, looking at the principles that are found in uh, 1 Timothy 3 and Titus, um, the qualifications of elders and deacons are laid out there. Um, we aspire to those uh, ideals, and uh, but ultimately... Uh, as elders, what we're trying to do is serve the church as far as spiritual uh, oversight over the church, shepherding the flock, um, and any kind of uh, needs that we have, especially related to the Sunday morning service. But outside of that, if people require prayer, if, if people uh, want to have some interaction with uh, one of the pastors or one of the elders, we, uh, we try to fill that need. So that's Very the cool. main thing. Yeah. It's always interesting to me the way that different churches kind of structure and and yet very often in similar ways. So mm-hmm. pe- people fill, fulfilling similar roles and all of that. 
And you've sure. been a Christian your whole life? No. Um, no, I became a Christian uh, prior to being confirmed. Uh, so in the Lutheran Church at between the ages of 12 to 14, um, you go through what's called confirmation class. And uh, prior to my confirmation, I really wanted to solidify that in my mind. So as uh, I was 13 years old, I can remember in my bed uh, praying the night or the day before my confirmation, Lord, I just really want to confirm the baptism of my parents that my parents um, put me through (laughs) when I was uh, an infant and confirm that for myself. So I became a Christian at 13, had various ups and downs uh, in my teenage years. Uh, I, I had a spiritual father who was the pastor of our church there at the, at the Lutheran Church, who was just a man who uh, loved answering questions. And, and uh, after youth group, I was either gonna be the first one dropped off because we lived on the north side of Edmonton and our church was on the south side of Edmonton. And uh, so I was either going to be the first one, but more often than not, I was the last one. And then sitting outside my parents' place uh, in the car with my pastor, I would just pepper him with dozens and dozens of questions. And uh, and he answered every single one of them. And uh, it was just a special, special time. Uh, he moved away when uh, he uh, was f- when I was 15, and uh, had some ups and downs my teenage years, but um, really came to faith a vibrant, more vibrant faith in my university years, where I met a friend uh, that uh, just really exuded um, spirit living and her fire for God, and uh, that that's where I re- really recommitted to the Lord in my university years, and uh, and it's been a wild ride since. That's sure. awesome. And so this summer, uh, we know that God never stops working on us and mm-hmm. in our lives, and there's been some pretty cool things happening in your faith journey and mm-hmm. with what God has been teaching you, and this is what you wanted to come and to talk about, right. to share with people. Mm-hmm. So if you were to give like a short little summary, what what is that thing? And then we'll get into that a little bit more. Sure. So, yeah, you know, It's something that I've been um, not struggling with, but um, it's about hearing God. And does God speak today uh, to you personally and to me personally? And uh, it's always something that, you know, my wife has got various giftings and and one of them is really hearing from God. She She can really do that well. But for me, it was always a bit of a you know, a mystery a little bit. And uh, and I came across a b- series of books that I've been reading this summer, uh, starting on my vacation. And uh, uh, one really came alive where, where it became real for me, and I could start to hear God much more clearly. It's mm-hmm. not perfect, but it's about hearing God. And who wouldn't want to have the Lord of the universe talking to them? And really caring for every detail of their life. And uh, and so that is something I just had to share. It's something that I just feel very passionate about, and it's been a wonderful journey for the last few months, and uh, just wanting to share some more about that. Okay, well, you have to tell me about this book. You can't just drop that on me and, and not give me the title. <laughs> so yeah, it's a book uh, by, the, uh, by the name of Walking with God, How to Hear His Voice, and it's by John Eldridge. Uh, you probably know him from... Um, from many other books that he's written, such as Wild at Heart, Waking the Dead, um, Free to Live, Captivating. He's written a lot of books. It's actually an older book. It's from 2008. 
Um, and there's a revised version uh, that was done in the teens in 2016 or something like that. But uh, the one I was reading was from 2008. And uh, yeah, it's, it's really impa- impacted me significantly for sure. Hmm. Can you share a little bit about, um, about the specifics of that? Like what, mm-hmm. what did he say in the book? That suddenly it was like, I'm hearing from God now. Yeah. Well, it actually starts um, a little bit earlier than that. So for those that might recall, Pastor Tom did a series last fall in November where he encouraged us to not only read the Word and get into the Word, but to journal and to uh, document some of the things that we were reading and what was standing out for us in the passage that we were reading. And uh, so it started then where I was committing to doing that because Pastor Tom challenged us to do that. And uh, so I started journaling in my, in my journal and uh, just what was God uh, saying to me through the verse. Now, did I hear anything audibly or anything like that? No, nothing like that. But it was more what was, what was he trying to communicate to me through the word, through my devotional. I've been you know, walking through the Bible on a regular basis um, uh, over the past number of years. I've, I've read through the Bible a number of times from uh, front, to, uh, front to back, but uh, it was what was that passage saying to me specifically and uh, journaling that and maybe asking God a question or two, uh, not expecting to hear anything specifically or anything like that, but, um, and it was more my journey of what I was reading and that kind of set me up for this summer, for this mm. book, I believe. So, yeah. So I just want to clarify, um, because I think we as Christians will often talk about like hearing from God or God mm-hmm. speaking to us. But you said, well, I didn't hear anything audibly. Mm-hmm. Uh, what does what does that mean? How can we like feel that God is speaking to us, but it's not this, this voice? Because I think there's a lot of misconception around that, that we are going to hear some sort of mm-hmm. audible voice. And right. a lot of the time that doesn't happen for people and then they get discouraged. And so maybe, maybe the words like speaking and hearing and God talking, they're not, I've always thought maybe they're not the best way to communicate that, but they're the best we have. Right. So what does that actually look like? Yeah. Well, and that, that, uh, there's many different ways that the Lord um, speaks to us. And uh, a lot of people believe that the only thing that God does today as far as speaking to us is just speaking through his word, that he impresses upon us um, something that is for us personally through his word, and that's that's the only way that he speaks to us. And uh, there are other ways that that people can hear from him. And uh, so you've probably heard of, you know, whispers from the spirit, you know, that still small voice of God. that, uh, that he speaks to us or puts an impression in our mind about what he wants us to know. Um, it's, uh, it's something that uh, is more familiar to me. I, I personally never heard him speak audibly, um, but certainly others have. And uh, there's examples in the, in the Bible where many, many people have spoken and uh, heard from God directly and, and uh um, just the, you know, the transfiguration moment on the, on the hill, um, that was certainly, uh, for James, uh, um, looking at John and, uh, Peter, they, they certainly heard from the, from God there. And there's other examples, um, you know, 
God is a, is a funny God too, how he speaks through people mostly, um, but also through objects or, or other things like Balaam's donkey, right? Like that's, that's kind of wild how he communicates to us some, in some different ways at times. So, uh, so this definitely whispers from the spirit, an audible voice. Um, in some people, he creates pictures or dreams and, uh, and envisions. Uh, so sometimes it's, it's a picture about something and, uh, and he speaks to us through those. Sometimes he speaks to us through our uh, body uh, emotions and uh, through our bodies. So you maybe have felt sometimes just an uncomfortableness around something that was maybe evil, maybe uh, not um, comfortable, didn't make you comfortable. Or the flip side of that, where you found you were in a place where you had a peace and, uh, and where God's peace was resting uh, there. Um, those are different ways that he communicates as well. And uh, most often for me, it's that little whisper or a word that he brings to my mind. Um, something as simple as, Lord, what would you like me to read today? You know, I, I, I always had a plan, a, a, a devotional plan that I, as I mentioned earlier, went from beginning of the end through the Bible a number of times, went through that plan. And one of, the, one of the things that the book encouraged me to do was to say, Lord, what would you like me to read today? And asking God to uh, to speak to me as far as what it is that He wants to say to me, and more often than not, what He's saying is just love. He's speaking love to us, and uh, um, that He has something sometimes for us to do, uh, but most often He really wants to encourage us and bless us, and just tell us how much He loves us. And uh, that allows us to do some of the other things that maybe we need to do and uh, has that underpinning of just, yeah, Lord, you're the Lord of the universe and I want to do what you want me to do, um, but I also need to know that you love me despite my failings, despite my sin, despite my shortcomings that I've countless times uh, offended him and uh, disappointed him perhaps, but um, never... Uh, never changed his love for me, which was another learning that I had earlier this summer, uh, just about the grace of God and the love of God for his children. Uh, it's fresh and new every morning. So What a beautiful thing. Mm -hmm. I love that. And so you said you, you kind of started this, uh, Pastor Tom was talking about journaling. Mm -hmm. And now I've just started journaling, but I'm going to admit when, <laughs> when I was told, oh, you should probably journal, I like rebelled against that. I was mm -hmm. like, I don't want to like journal. That's like way too much work that I don't know what to do. Like right. I opened this blank piece of paper and like, yeah. that's just scary and awful. And like, I don't, I don't want to do that. Yeah. So can you just take me through a little bit more? Um, I've been discovering more about journaling also, but what does, what does journaling look like practically? Cause I think people get in their heads that it's this big, scary thing. Right. Uh, and we don't know what to do when we're journaling. So what does it look like for you to journal? Yeah, and, and everybody does it somewhat differently, right? Some of them, some people just uh, journal their feelings and emotions about what they're reading. Um, and some of that is for me, what I do as well. But most often it's, it's what does this passage that I'm reading have to say to me today? And how can I apply that today? 
what do you want me to know today, Lord, that uh, is going to help me either through my walk with you to bring you praise and honor and glory? Or um, is it something you want me to do? Is it something you want me to learn? Or in my case, relearn again, <laughs> over and over again. Um, he's just such a gracious God and a, and a gentleman. He really is a gentleman that he wants to, um, you know, he's in the process of sanctification, right? So what does that mean? He's in the process of making us more like Jesus every single day. Uh, that's, that's what he's intending to do for us and uh, that he wants a relationship with us, not just, um, you know, we recognize him as Lord and Savior, that is no question, but to actually have a personal relationship with the Lord of the universe, he wants a relationship with you, he wants a relationship with me, and uh, how awesome, how awesome is that? Mm, That really is incredible. Mm -hmm. I love that picture. I'm not sure I've heard that before, that God is a gentleman. He is. You know, like he's not going to just push his way in and and force you to love him. <laughs> he you know, patiently the, waits. <laughs> yeah, the passage where he stands at the door and knocks. He's not barging in that front door. He's knocking. And if we open that door and let him in, that's when he he will come in and and fill us and and uh it's it's a it's a precious thing. He 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 joins with us. Uh, he wants to work with us in communion together. We're we're a team. Him, mm-hmm. God, and I. You and God. Uh, all of the listeners and God. You know that's that's what He's trying to do. Is is He's coming in relationship with us to accomplish His purposes. And again, He doesn't need to do that. He does. He's the Lord of the universe. He could do it however He wants, but He chooses to do it in relationship with us. And. Uh, Again, it's just another thing to praise him for because we get to be part of his plan. And uh, it's sometimes hard to know what that plan is. Sometimes the the words that he provides or the direction he provides uh, is sometimes a bit strange. <laughs> I'll be honest, and I'll share one of those experiences um, that just happened yesterday, actually. So I'll share that a little bit later. But uh, most first and foremost, you know, God knows us intimately. You know, um, Psalm 139 really talks about that, and I'd I'd like to just read it because this is the God of the universe who knows us so intimately, and uh, and then I'll get into what he wants us to have his relationship with. But just to know that he knows us intimately, I'm just going to read from Psalm 139, verses 1 to 18. O Lord, you have searched me and know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you know it completely, O Lord. You hem me in behind and before. You have laid your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me and the light become night around me, even the darkness will not be dark to you. The night will shine like the day, for darkness is as light to you. And this is where it gets now very personal. So 
For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw me, saw my unformed body. And then it gets, again, that's when we're, you know, just conceived and, and growing in our mother's womb. But then it gets even more personal after that. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. How precious to me are your thoughts, O God. How vast the sum of them. Were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. When I awake, I am still with you. So that picture that God creates or that was created in that psalm is just uh, how much he knows us. Uh, so that's one way though. He knows us. He's He's God. He's all-knowing, all-powerful, all-seeing. All he, he knows all of those things, but he also wants to know him, us to know him. And, uh, and that's where it gets even, even better. So he knows us, and then in various verses, he wants us, he wants intimacy with us. And in 2 Chronicles 15, verse 2, it says, The Lord is with you when you are with him. If you seek him, he will be found by you. And now, you know, if, you, if you're not quite sure if that verse actually hits the mark there as far as what he desires to have us in relationship with him, read Jeremiah 24, verse 7, where it says, I will give them a heart to know me, that I am the Lord. They will be my people and I will be their God, for they will return to me with all their heart. To know me, right? Does God... Uh, want us to know him more fully? Absolutely he does. He wants us to know him uh, and to hear, to, to be able to discern his voice from uh, any other voices that are maybe out there. Um, and, uh, you know, there's other examples too. If you read James 4 verse 8, Hebrews 10 verse 22, there's, there's lots of different verses where God wants us to draw near to him and, and to know him more personally. Hmm. So how do we do that? <laughs> we see that God wants this and, and certainly like I, I want that, you know, and I want to hear from God, but like, what, what do we do? <laughs> mm -hmm. How do we get that? Well, um, you know, it, it's a, it's a process and, uh, and some of the things that, um, as far as what I have learned from this book and from a couple of other books, uh, I've read, in a, read a couple of other books this summer as well. Soul Care by Dr. Rob Reimer and another, another book of his that he wrote, uh, uh, In the River. Um, and uh, uh, both of those books really outline some of the other things that you can do. But the first and foremost thing, if we want to hear from God, you know, one of the things um, that I've checked with God first is, is there any unconfessed sin in my life? So if, if there's anything that might be a hindrance for me, you know, approaching God's throne, uh, I want to get right with God first and foremost. And, uh, and if there's sin in my life, I ask, Lord, is there anything that I have sinned that I need to confess and ask for your forgiveness for? And, uh, and it's, it's amazing sometimes what he brings to mind. And it's like, wow, okay, I, I didn't even think of that. Uh, Lord, I confess that and... Uh, if I need to do restitution, if there's somebody that maybe have I, I've offended, 
um, you know, make it right first. And so that's first and foremost one of the things we need to do. See if he brings anything to mind, confess it, and, uh, and then move on. One of the other things that um, I think is important in this walk, and this is one of the stumbling blocks that I had when I was first learning, is uh, that we've got to believe that God speaks to us. Mm. And, and I was convinced that God doesn't speak to me. Why would he want to speak to me? I've got his word. Occasionally, I get a nudging from him, um, but it's not very often. But uh, I do appreciate when I get those nudgings and uh, the directions from him, but it's not very regular and it's not very permanent either. Um, so believing that he'll speak to us, um, if I'm doubting, I'm not going to hear anything. And, uh, mm-hmm. and so, so am I doubting, first of all, and if I am, confess that and just say, Lord, help me, strengthen me uh, to not doubt. And uh, um, well, I've got a question for you, Kaylin. What, okay. what do you think is the main thing that God is trying, that, that we want to hear from God all the time? That we want to or mm-hmm. that we need to? That we, both, <laughs> both. Uh, I don't know. Like I, I feel like often people are searching for direction. Like mm-hmm. they, they want direction from God. Right. My own experience, it's been very, like God doesn't always give me specific answers to mm-hmm. specific problems and and but it's it's always this overwhelming sense of love mm. and of his presence and um i've been cuz i grew up it was very like sort of the bible is the main way you hear from god mm-hmm. which is true of course but yep. we never really discussed what that meant mm-hmm. what that looked like how to and maybe my parents did they probably did my mom is all about that and mm-hmm. i just like didn't understand and so looking more at like what that means and like how to get into that I find it's very one it's difficult (laughs) but uh yeah often I'm just looking like I just want to be with him I just something in in that presence of of hearing from him that that I want to stick with me and you feel his love and you feel his presence, yes, right? Isn't, yeah. that, isn't that amazing? So one of the main questions that many people, including myself, God, do you love me? Mm. Do you love me? Despite what I've done today or despite my thought life, despite my past failings, despite all of that junk that we, and the evil one really wants to condemn us and accuse us of and the lies that he, uh, that the evil one has uh, that you're not good enough for God. Mm. He wants us to um, know, or we want to know from God, do you still love me? Because many times people feel they're so far gone. I've done so much damage in my life. I've hurt so many people. I've, you know, whatever. And for me, I haven't done too much. I'm a pretty boring person, but uh, <laughs> a lot of people have, um, you know, have some pretty big things that they've done in their life that uh, maybe they've grieved the father with, but yet God comes back to us over and over and says, I loved you so much that I sent my son into this world for you. Mm. I've shown you how much I love you. I gave up my son for you and for your sin. And the thing that God, though, asks most of us is, do you trust me? Do you trust me in the day-to-day 
actions of your life and the the day-to-day uh, questions and the and the and the direction of your life that um, is the most compelling question that is sometimes hard. Do you trust me? And uh, and so I'll share a story. Um, yeah, please. That uh, kind of illustrates this point. And is this it, the, it, from yesterday? This is just yeah. from yesterday. Yeah, exactly. So um, I. I don't normally dream, well, everybody dreams, but uh, I never remember my dreams. And uh, so, and my wife dreams all the time and uh, she tells me all these bizarre stories and it's just like, oh yeah, whatever, whatever. I don't want to hear your dreams. But uh, I had a dream uh, probably Tuesday of last week and I woke up in two separate occasions thinking about my brother-in-law and uh, my brother-in-law and I have been walking a little bit closer over the last number of months and uh, and I had this word from the Lord and it didn't make any sense to me and the word was efficiently, efficiently I'm, and I, you know, was prompted to share that with, with him and I'm going, Lord, are you kidding me? What is that? What does that mean, efficiently? No, that can't be, that can't be the word. Maybe I heard you wrong. Did I hear you wrong? No, I didn't efficiently came twice. And so it was in the middle of the night and uh, those two times that I woke up and that same word was the word that I was supposed to pass on to to Herb, my brother-in-law. And uh, I didn't. I didn't do it. I wasn't, I wasn't obedient. And, uh, and so we got together yesterday afternoon um, and and I said, Herb, you're, I, I got to share this with you because I still feel convicted that I haven't shared this with you yet. And uh, I shared the word with him and he goes, hmm. And I said, you know, is this resonating with you at all? And he says, yeah, I, I don't think so, but uh, let me think about that some more. So we, we walked around um, Rundle Park a little bit and uh, we got back to their place for dessert and he pulled out his uh, devotional, and uh, and he's been on his own journey, walking with the Lord here a little bit as well, hearing from Him for the first time, and in uh, in you know having this kind of personal relationship as well. And uh, he was rereading some of his notes, and uh, and the part that was most impactful was the Lord was requesting he and his wife to be a little less efficient and to be a little bit more restful and spending time listening to the people that they're interacting with. And uh, he, he said, Renee, this really does fit as far as this word efficiently. And my wife piped up right away and said, told you so. <laughs> no, she didn't say that. <laughs> she didn't say that, but uh, she, she was really encouraging me to share the word and to be faithful to that regardless of what uh, we might try to interpret by what the word is, deliver the message, give the message and see what God does with it. We're only responsible for doing our part. And uh, um, even if we look foolish, even if we look, uh, you know, sound, uh, that it sounds strange to us, deliver the message and let God do whatever he needs to do with that word. And, uh, and he, he had an impact on that word had an impact. Had I delivered it before yesterday, it might have had another impact for him as well, but uh, um, God still used that to uh, just to show me I need to be faithful and to pass on those kind of words. Interesting. So this is one of the 
many things that's been happening through the summer. Can, can do you know like what was there like a specific moment where you're like I'm starting to hear from God? Mm-hmm. You know, you start <laughs> start journaling, you start reading these books, and then was it like a sudden thing? You're like, oh, I think this is like doing something in my life. Yeah, yeah, you know it. Uh, uh, so I, I started reading the book for the first time on my vacation, and you'll recall uh, because you were there. Um, uh, on our vacation as well, that uh, we had a great chat that first morning that you guys were there. Mm-hmm. And uh, we had a chat about the book I was reading and uh, um, how much he wants to speak to us. And um, one of the, it wasn't that morning, but uh, one of the mornings later when we went, we did the float down the Skaha River from one end yeah, to the in other. Pen- in Penticton. In Penticton, yeah. yes. And the year before, um, and this and this is kind of the relational side of God where um, he's also, he's not only a gentleman, he's really funny. <laughs> he has a good sense of humor. He has an awesome <laughs> sense of humor. Like, you know, I, I was just remarking, uh, you know, just when, um, when Paul, a very learned man who had the best schooling and all the rest of that, who does he serve mostly in his life? Gentiles. He goes out and to, and to serve the Gentiles. And the flip side of that, an unlearned fisherman, Peter, goes to talk to the Jews who are the most learned people. So that's got to be God's sense of humor, right? Where uh, where he, he flips this around and, and what we think would make sense where Paul, with all his learning and all his knowledge, could talk to the Jews. No, he goes to the Gentiles and Peter, an unschooled man, goes to the goes to the Jews uh, to speak primarily to them. Uh, it's just it's just ironic. But to come back to the story, uh, last year when we uh, went on vacation, you and Daniel weren't uh, with us that time, but last year I worked as the uh, kind of chauffeur between the two sites. So if anybody has done that Penticton float, it's, uh, it's it usually it can be anywhere from two to two and a half hours uh, or shorter. It, and this year it was much shorter because it was so much water in the Okanagan. It was much faster this year, that float. Uh, but somebody normally has to be on the other end to be able to take everybody back to the starting points where the cars are and all the rest of that. So last year, um, I had decided to be the chauffeur and it was a very slow river year. So the float took for my family um, about two hours and 15 minutes. And it was long and it was boring and it was hot. So I decided to ask God that morning, I said, God, do you want me to be the chauffeur again or do you want me to go on the float? And uh, he says, he, he says to me, Renee, go on the float and wear lots of sunscreen with an exclamation mark. <laughs> and I was just like, okay, <laughs> I guess I'm going. And just, you know, his humor is Wait, fantastic. So that conversation, did you journal that? I did. That, that was like I, a... I did. And uh, so that was part of my journaling. And, you know, I could see it in my mind uh, as far as what he was saying to me. And uh, even the exclamation part at the end of the sentence as far as, and wear lots of sunscreen, because for those that know me, I'm fairly fair um, and uh, bald head and would have fried under the sun of the Penticton sky there um, normally. And this year, um, so I also asked for some clouds that day. I, I said, God, would you just provide a cloud uh, for me. And just as we're getting into the water, I don't know if you noticed this, but there was a cloud in the river or in the sky, I should say. 
And it was just like his affirmation for me to say, yes, I want you to go on this float and you're going to have a great time. Mm. And we had a great time, if you recall. Oh yeah, it was so fun. It was fun. It, the river was fast. So it wasn't like I was going to just sit out there for hours. We were done in an hour and 15 minutes or whatever yeah, I it think took. that's the quickest. I've, I've done it lots. Yeah. I think that was the quickest. <laughs> it was. There was so much water. And, uh, and the geese that we saw and the goslings and the eagles and the swallows and uh, just, uh, there was next to nobody on the river either. There was no, you know, pot smoking people in unicorn, uh, in, in unicorn uh, floaties or anything like that, like <laughs> there was last year. And uh, so we just had a great time and, uh, and uh, it was just peaceful and, and enjoyable. And, uh, and it was just God affirming that, yeah, I care for you, Renee. And that little cloud he put at the beginning, it, it was mostly sunny most of the way, but uh, yeah, I, I didn't I, fry. I think mom was praying for the cloud to leave and you were praying <laughs> for the cloud to stay. So. Exactly. <laughs> it's just dilemma <laughs> for God. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> he yeah. compromised. It was a little bit of both. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's yeah. very cool. I, I didn't know that that was kind of the, the first, because we'd had that conversation and actually... I um I don't think I told you this. I think Jesus woke me up that morning that mm. we were talking because I'd been praying the night before. I was like, Lord, just give me like just time to like be a blessing and to be blessed by mm. my family. And like, we don't get a lot of that time together. Right. And I am not an early riser. <laughs> like that was, I woke up, I was like, oh, like I, I should go use the washroom. Like yep. it was quite early for me. Like that never happens. And I got up and then like you were up and we had this wonderful time together mm -hmm. and I was like, oh, like, oh, Jesus woke me up. That's what it was. <laughs> it was. And it was super special for me too, just to be able to, you know, um, get to know my daughter-in-law a little bit better. And, you know, we, we've gotten to know each other a little bit over the years, but having that one-on-one -on -one time for over an hour uh, that morning, we spoke for over an hour that morning and, uh, it was just special for me as well. And, uh. Uh, that uh, yeah, we can encourage one another with books or with what God is speaking to us in our lives today. Um, it was it was important for me to get some of that stuff out because I was going down this journey and it was like cool. Like I I, I wanted to share it. I, I need to share it. Yeah, and it was so encouraging to me. Like I've been of course on my own journey and um, and just to see how God is working in similar ways in the different lives of the people around me and, and particularly in our church. And yeah, it's just been, it's been very cool. So it's mm -hmm. very exciting to, to get to talk about this a little bit mm -hmm. more with you. Yeah. So, um, what's been the biggest impact kind of learning this? Has it affected your day to day? Mm -hmm. Like, and how? Yeah. Um, before I answer that question, I'm going to just going to take one step back again because yeah, sure. one of one of the other things that I did um, was um, I I wanted to I went to a retreat at the end of June and uh, um, it was uh, it was a it was a journey where um, I really got to know a, a fresh you know as far as the grace of the grace of our Lord and uh, you know basically. One of the one of the key things that I learned on that on that retreat was that basically there is we're we're exposed to sin in our life. Everybody's exposed to sin, or there's an absence of good. Mm -hmm. So the the presence of sin in our lives, you don't have to even watch TV for five minutes to understand that, or to look at some of the ads in on on the internet or anything like that. There's just a lot of evil around. 
Um, or the flip side of that is the is the absence of good, and um, especially people that are in wartime. Um, you know, my parents uh, who grew up in in wartime Germany, uh, they they would have had a lot of absence of good where they were hungry. Uh, you know, right after the war, where they um, where they were overrun by uh, the Brits were um, on my mom, especially where my mom grew up, and. Uh, uh, in other parts of Germany where my mother-in-law lived, where the, where the Russians were coming in and where there was a lot of absence of good. And, uh, and both of those can lead to wounds in our lives. And those wounds, what, whether it's, uh, it can be, you know, that just pain and, and loss and all of these things can lead to sinful behavior. And that sinful behavior, how we choose to address that is super important. Uh, some of us, unfortunately, do it our own way, which is we try to medicate those wounds with alcohol, with, uh, with overeating, with uh, drugs, with um, sometimes it's, you know, if, if my pain is bad, I'm, I'm going to push it on somebody else. So we start gossiping, uh, pornography. There's all kinds of stuff that we try to medicate our wounds and God says, no, I want to heal those wounds. I'm here for you to, to, to uh, deal with those wounds. And let's do it my way. We try to do it sometimes the other way, and it just leads to more pain and more hurt and all the rest of that. So when I was talking earlier about God is a relational God, he wants to, uh, he often wants to heal us of our wounds. And sometimes we're not even aware of some of the wounds that we have. And, uh, and that part of the journey for me was a, a freeing one for me because one of the wounds I had, which was um, just really, uh, there was anxiety and doubt and uh, I, you know, would wake up in the night in cold sweats, anxious about the next decisions I needed to make and, and various other things. And it related to... Um, something that had gone on when I was younger that I needed to be free of. And uh, so God healed that wound and, uh, and just showed me how much he loved me and how much he cared for me. I knew it in my head, but to get it down into my heart, it took, it took a long time. And, and God to work on me to say, no, I love you, Renee. You can't, you can't out-sin me. I've got more grace for you than you can imagine. And I think I might have shared with you that morning the, uh, the vision of not me, but of, of another person, uh, the, the leader of the retreat that I went on, where he shared uh, two visions that God had given him that really related to me, and I could really relate to it, was the first vision was a picture of a big burly man with a child and spinning the child around in a circle, you know, how sometimes uh, parents and, and kids do that. And both the parent or the brick burly man and the, uh, and the child were laughing and they were having a great time. And so uh, the person who was leading the retreat, uh, he shared, with, shared uh, with the Lord, he asked the Lord, Lord, what is this supposed to mean? And, uh, and apparently God said to him, well, I'm the big burly man and you are the child. I want to enjoy life with you. I want to, you to have fun in this life mm -hmm. together with me. So that was the first picture. The second picture was 
a picture of a big semi-truck um, unloading stuff, but there was semi-truck after semi-truck after semi-truck. As far into the horizon as you could see, there was just one after another uh, trucks unloading stuff. And so this, uh, this leader of the retreat asked God and said, um, Lord, what are they unpacking? And the response was, my love and mercy and grace. You can't outsin me. I will always have another truckload of my mercy and love and grace for you. And that picture is just such a beautiful picture of what what kind of relationship God wants to have with me. Mm-hmm. And with and so I, I resonated with that picture. He shared it with me and uh, it made it come alive for me where um, I wanted just to live in that in that moment, in that peace and that joy and love that God had for me and knowing that it finally made its way down into my heart from my head. Because in my head, I knew it. I, I knew in my, my mind that, uh, that God loved me and nothing could separate us from the, from the love of Christ. I knew that in my head, but getting it down into the depths of my heart, you know, um, you know there's, a, there's a couple of terms for that. Do we live in, in Graceland where we understand God's grace or do we, or do we live in judgment land where we are uh, judging ourselves or Satan is accusing us uh, of all of the things that we've done wrong in our life so that we can't have that communion with God. We want to live in Graceland, not, mm-hmm. not in Memphis, Tennessee, or Memphis, yeah, not there, but uh, in, <laughs> in, the, in grace, in God's grace, and, uh, and ultimately that he wants us to live free, free of that, yeah. and, uh, and uh, to know how much he loves us and that he ultimately sent his son to die for us and, uh, and that we can have communion with him. Do you think that those spiritual and, and emotional wounds and often they're very similar to each other. Mm-hmm. Um, do they affect how we hear from God? Sometimes they can, because if we um, if we are so burdened by those things, uh, so that the wounds, or or worse, the remedies that we've tried to correct those wounds with, that we are again doubly guilted, not only by not guilted by the wound, but but hurt by the wound. And then on top of it, we sin and do other things to try to medicate those wounds that push us in our minds anyway, further away from God. It can lead to, you know, God doesn't care for me. God doesn't love me. He, he, uh, he doesn't care for me. He doesn't care about those things. Yet we're the ones who do it our, to ourselves where we're pushing him away. Mm-hmm. And so we need to correct that in our minds as far as, no, he loved us so much he sent his only son to die for us uh, that, uh, that we could once again have communion with him. And uh, uh, that is the most special thing that we can ever imagine uh, that, and understand, like I say, not only superficially or in our head, but all the way down into, that, into our hearts where, where God is uh, trying to relate to us mm-hmm. and, and that he wants to have, like I said before, that personal relationship with us uh, to heal and bind those wounds and, and to ultimately sac- uh, sanctify us and become more like his son. Ultimately, that's what we're here for. So I'm going to come back to my question. That's mm-hmm. all very good. Uh, how has it affected you to get that head knowledge down into your heart, you know, mm-hmm. that work of the Spirit? How has it changed your day-to-day over the last few months? 
Well, the first and foremost thing is um, just like I was um, on my vacation because, yeah, most of my family um, likes to sleep in and uh, and I just love that time with God. So, um, you know, I had uh, one to two hours with God in the morning uh, on my vacation. Now, that's not real, right? So I was, I was very um, uh, thinking about how that was going to what was I going to do differently when I went back to work and went and came back home? And so one of the things that I had done for many, many years is I used to um, work out every morning. And uh, so I would stumble out of bed 4.30, quarter to 5, um, uh, watch a few minutes of Sports Center while I shaved and then headed to the gym. Is God even awake at that time? He God? is. Like, he is actually. Oh yeah. <laughs> and... Uh, uh, so I would go to the gym from about 5.15 till about 6.45. Uh, I would get home, have a quick bite to eat, and then start my work day by 7. And uh, and what I decided to do was, you know, it, it was more important for me to spend time with the Lord than, uh, than it was for me to go through that gym routine in the morning. So I would get up basically the same time, maybe a little bit later, maybe a half an hour later, um, but I, I started the morning cause I, I do need to wake up a little bit myself, but I would commit at least 45 minutes to being in the word each and every morning. I, my, my routine was prior to that, that I would spend time at lunchtime with the Lord and, uh, and it was good, but sometimes the busyness of the day, there's so many meetings that you have to do and all the rest of that, that I, I found I, I would miss about half of my lunch hour appointments with God. And so I, I decided, no, it's so important for me that I, I want to spend time in the word. And I just ask God each morning, uh, Lord, what is it that you would like me to know today? Is there something that you'd like me to do today? Is there, so I, I, I have a few kind of standard things that I go through and uh, it's just been an amazing walk to see how he's led and not only in the morning, because that's one of the things that uh, I learned uh, as well through this journey is God doesn't want to just be relational in our devotional time for 15 minutes or half an hour or whatever it is in the morning. He wants us to be in communion with him all day long. Mm. So that whole thing was blowing my mind as far as how do I do that uh, during the day? And uh you know, I, I'm starting to do that more. It's still hard. It's super hard. But uh, I'm starting to, you know, if I have a challenging staffing situation or we have some big decisions to make, I'll just stop briefly and say, Lord, I need your wisdom. I need, I need to know what it is that you would have me do today. Would you lead me and guide me um, in my decision making here and, uh, and just make it clear to me what I should do? And uh, I'll just give an example of what happened on Friday last week where we had a staffing situation where uh, somebody had circulated a joke of the day that really was not a good joke. It was, um, it was really isolating a, a certain group of people and um, uh, it, it offended a number of people. And so I had to have you know, I'm used to having these kind of conversations, but it's never easy, even if even if you've done it for 30 years or 35 years. Um, but it's uh, it's something where each time you have to rebuke somebody or or to correct them, 
uh, it, it's something that uh, is not easy. So what I had to do there, or I, I, I prayed, God help me through this situation. Would you help, uh, would you prepare this person's heart for the message I'm about to give them? And, uh, and would you just uh, be there? And, uh, and so what the Lord in his graciousness did is he said, um, I want you to listen to Diane. And Diane is our HR person. And uh, so I, I uh, ringed her up on Teams and just had a conversation with her. And she just gave me some really wise words. And, uh, and not to make a big, big deal out of it. It was, it was a big deal, but I'm trying not to overblow it. Uh, over, you know, make it bigger than it was. And so, um, she just gave me some wise words and, and that was exactly what I needed to share with the staff member. The staff member received it. She was apologetic and, uh, and we were able to move on and, uh, without any big fanfare. And it was just a little thing, just a little, God, would you help me through this? And so he wants to be part of our decision-making. He wants to be part of our everyday um, walking with him and just to be consulted because, yeah, we make some biz- big decisions in our lives and uh, 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 wouldn't you want the Lord of the universe part of that decision-making instead of messing it up like sometimes we do, mm. right? That's very cool that he he met you there. Mm-hmm. You know, he wasn't. it wasn't silence. You felt like there was an answer. Right. Um, I'm going to ask you something maybe a little trickier. I struggle with this, with the discern discernment part. Mm-hmm. How do I know that it is God speaking to me? Because I have a very active imagination <laughs> and I think a lot of people will become, me included, fearful that we're going to get it wrong. We're going to mm-hmm. get the voice of God wrong. It's really right. our own voice or it's something else that it's not from God. Yep. And then we're trying to claim that as this is from God. You know, God told me to divorce my wife and God told me to, you know, all these other things that are not necessarily from God. Absolutely. So, and that, that scares me. It's like, how do I, how do I honor God in learning to listen for him? Mm -hmm. That's a great question. And it's one that I'm still learning about. Uh, I certainly haven't mastered this either, but, um, it is something that, um, you know, we are called to test the spirit or the spirit's and uh, the spirit of the Holy Spirit is going to be completely in congruency with his word, right? If there is something that goes against the word, if, it's, if God is somehow asking you to do something that is incongruent with his word, it's not from him. It's pretty clear, right? So that makes sense where if it, if it goes against uh, what we know to be true in the Bible, it's absolutely not from him. Um, if he's if he's uh, saying to us that you should tell off somebody for, you know, whatever, uh, that we should be rebuking somebody, that's usually not from God either, because God is, uh, sometimes he gives us stern words and stuff like that, but it's mostly personal. He's not going to tell you to tell somebody else off or, or something like that, right? Um, so uh, it, it first and foremost needs to be congruent with the word and um, and testing that. Sometimes we don't know the answers to that either. So if we don't know ourselves from the word, if it is congruent with his word, talking with other people, uh, having others 
pray about it and and uh, maybe maybe that are somewhat more knowledgeable about what the word might say going to a trusted pastor a trusted uh trusted elder maybe to to talk about with some of these things uh, to see does this resonate and asking asking that uh, god would reveal to others to cuz god speaks through others uh very often and uh and he can either confirm or um, say no or maybe not yet. So those are his main answers that he has for us. <laughs> it's yes, no, and maybe not yet. Um, and uh, if we're asking specifically about direction in our lives. But what I've learned is, um, especially over the over this summer, is not to ask those big, big questions of life to start out with. You know, he's in the process of sanctifying us, so he's not going to give us more than we can handle right right off the bat. So starting off with just simple questions to God and just saying, you know, like I said earlier, God, what would you like me to read today? What would you like me to hear today from you? Um, but involving him in our dis- in our decision-making, like I said about uh, the the float down the Skaharur, Lord, do you want me to go on this on this trip today, yes or no? And he'll provide us, he'll provide that direction for us, uh, you know, and then progressively um, sharing more and more of our lives with God in prayer. And uh, he will begin to share more and more with us um, what he has on his heart and on his mind. And uh, uh, it's it's been interesting just to see that progression, you know, is it something that I hear every day from God? No, I can be honest and, and say, I don't hear from God every single day. And it gets frustrating sometimes, <laughs> right? I really God, want... to me. Yes, I want to, because you've had communion with him and you want to be in that place again. Uh, and it, it's, uh, it's God just um, showing me anyway, you know, do you trust me? Again, that question, do you trust me that I, I have that your best interests in mind and uh, that you're going to be faithful in what you're reading and doing and uh, still, even if you don't feel my presence right now, you know that I will never leave you or forsake you. I will be with you always. And that uh, maybe I'm not hearing, you know, I, I, I got to go through my list again. Is there any unconfessed sin in my life? Did I did I do something to push God away? Maybe a little bit. Um, is there something? But if those check marks are fine, like as far as um, that, he's maybe just maybe just asking us to rely on him a whole lot more and to seek him more in depth and to you know mm-hmm. earnestly work out not only our salvation but uh, we want to hear from him. That uh, you know he says seek me and you will find me. Uh, but we've got some, put some skin in the game here too at, at times where he's pushing us to uh, to greater depths of walking with him, learning from his word, uh, reaching, uh, doing some of the things that he asks us to do. And uh, then generally uh, he will, we will hear from him. That's very cool. And I find... Um... And I find this with Bible reading too. It's like the more I read my Bible, the more I want to read my Bible, the more I hear from God, the more I want to hear from God. Mm-hmm. And I love that idea of the hearing from God and the reading the Bible, like they have to go together. Mm-hmm. Like you, you can't just expect to hear from God and not ever read from his right. word that right. he's given us. And I think that that, you know, that can allay a lot of fears for people. It's like, 
no, we're not throwing the Bible out the window, guys. Like, nope. we're, this Absolutely is very important. <laughs> Absolutely. So, not. totally. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, just a couple of other things. Um, you know, um, a lot of people just believe that, um, or some people do, that God only speaks to the giants of the Bible, right? To, uh, to Moses where, or sorry, let's start with Adam, even starting with Adam, where Adam and Eve walked with God in the still of the evening and, and spoke with one another. You know, what kind of picture was that in Eden, right? Mm. That must have been paradise. Well, it was, it was paradise. Uh, but then some of the others, you know, Abraham being called out of Haran into, into uh, what is now the promised land, um, how God spoke with Moses and, you know, he, he spoke with Moses and he, and Moses reflected God's radiance from being in his presence. Um, and, uh, how he spoke to David and, you know, uh, uh, to all the big guys of the Bible, you know, the greats. Uh, so we, you know, some people just believe, well, he, he just speaks to the, to the big guns of the Bible. Right. But then, then you come across, uh, a couple of passages where, hmm, he spoke to Hagar. Sarah's maidservant, that he would take care of her when she was let or banished from the, from the group there, right? From, uh, from within, um, from Abraham. And, uh, and God blessed her and spoke to her directly. Or in the New Testament, um, when, uh, when Saul was just, uh, first, uh, convicted by the Holy Spirit and he had scales on his eyes and, over his eyes, and uh, Ananias, the the uh, the priest there, was told to go to Straight Street and go find Paul uh, here, and uh, and you're going to have an impact on this man's life. And and uh, so Ananias prays, and he 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 was scared. He was scared first of all. He's like, this you know this guy solves the one who's been persecuting us and and putting to death some of us and and all that. You want me to go to him? But Ananias, in his wisdom and in his obedience, did go, and God did a, uh, an unbelievable miracle there uh, to show not only Ananias, but the entire world that God can change a person's life. And the ministry impact that Paul had from that moment on, he's been the greatest single missionary in the history of the church. And uh, um and Ananias, a, a relatively small guy in the Bible sense, um, he only shows up in a few uh, few verses in Acts, a couple of times in Acts, yet God used him because of his obedience to be a part of his plan of salvation. And how cool is that? Mm-hmm. I heard in that same vein, why would God give us a book with all these stories to base our lives on if it was just a book of exceptions. Absolutely. If it was like, well, this is for all the people in the book. Yeah. And you're supposed to live like the people in this book and walk with a God. And But no, no, this is only for the, <laughs> only for back then and not for now. And Well, there's a couple of verses that really uh, point out that. And I, I thought I'd share a couple of them uh, with you. And, uh, uh, you know, I, when I was talking about Moses there just a moment ago, you know, in uh, Exodus 33, verse 11, God spoke to Moses as a man speaks with his friend, right? Uh, uh, friends don't just, it's not a one-way relationship in prayer. It's a dialogue, right, between friends. And uh, and then, you know, David, when he was uh, 
on the run from Saul, right? He asks, uh, David inquired of the Lord, shall I go up to the town of Judah? He asked. The Lord said, go up. David asked, where shall I go? To Hebron, the Lord answered in 2 Samuel 2 verse 1. And, you know, there's so many examples of, of all of that. But um, the one that I, a couple of things uh, that I wanted to share here still today. Um, Isaiah 50 verse 4 says, He wakens me morning by morning, wakens my ear to listen like one being taught. Hmm. That's, that's a relationship like where it's not just the word, it's, uh, but there's a relationship that God wants to speak and he's, he's such a relational God. Or in Psalm 95 verses 7 and 8, he says, Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. And what did, what did uh, Israel do over and over and over again? They hardened their hearts. Um, the most beautiful passage, though, to me is, uh, is just found in John 10, verses 2 to 4 and 14 to 16, where he says there, uh, The man who enters by the gate is the shepherd of his sheep. The watchman opened the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all of his own, he goes on ahead of them, and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep, and my sheep know me. Just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen. It's talking about the Gentiles versus the Jews. I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice and they, there shall be one flock and one shepherd. Isn't that beautiful? Like how, how God wants us to listen to his voice and to, uh, and to walk with him uh, as him being our shepherd. And he'll go after the lost one and he'll uh, go after uh, the rest. But one, one other thought here from Revelation 3, verse 20. And I shared this a little bit earlier, but in another, in another way. Where it says, here I am, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with him and he with me. So when you think about eating with somebody, you know, you... You, you know what the crazy Holstrung dinners are like, right? <laughs> I love the Holstrung dinners. <laughs> They're very different from the ham dinners. <laughs> where where it's it's mayhem, right? And we have fun and there's laughter and, and sometimes there's spewing of food across the table. But uh, it's that kind of environment that he wants to have with us, right? When, when we're in relationship with him... It's, it's this ebb and flow of talking mm. and asking questions and back and forth. That's the kind of thing that God wants to have with us on a regular basis. And it's, it's hard. It's not easy to do that. But um, that's the kind of thing that God wants for us is to be in that kind of a relationship with him where we can, we can have fun and to enjoy his humor and to, um, and to be directed. Sometimes we need to be directed like a, like a child. We need to be directed. But he does so in such a loving way and a gracious way. Um, unless we are just obstinate, um, <laughs> then, he, then he'll up his game a little bit and you know, put barriers in our way and, and other things. But uh, most often it's just like, 
no, Renee, I want you to do this. And, uh, or he'll, he'll put other things in our path that, uh, are, he's closing a door. You can see him closing a door there and we're to move on. Um, but most often he's just a loving God who cares for us so deeply that, uh, um, it's, it's, uh, it's just been wonderful to be able to walk with him over these last few months in such a deeper way mm. um, than I have in the past, and uh, it just brings a lot of joy. That's awesome. That's so cool and so encouraging. And, you know, it's something I found helpful in that sort of vein is um, I just, I talked to God honestly, and I said, God, I'm a little bit dense, and I'm a little bit deaf to your voice. Can you just speak plainly. Mm-hmm. Can you just speak plainly to me? And he's answered that in mm. so many ways. I'm like, oh, he knows me. <laughs> he <Yep>. knows. <laughs> he does. And I've, I've prayed the same things. Lord, I am, I'm thick too. I need a two by four yeah. right between the eyes sometimes. <laughs> just hit me over the head with it, please. Yes. yes. And, but he, he doesn't beat us with it. No. He, he's, a, he's thankfully just a gracious, gracious God that does so, so lovingly and patiently. And even if we need to repeat the same lessons over and over again, he'll provide those over and over again. And, uh, and that's just part of that wonderful journey to, to lead, you know, I come that they might have, the thief comes to steal and destroy, but I come that they might have life and have it in abundance, Mm. right? So there's two parts to that story, right? The thief comes to steal, steal and destroy. We often forget about that part of the verse. Satan would love nothing more than to steal and to and to thieve away what he would, um, what God would have for us in our life. But I have come that I might, uh, that they might have life in abundance. Um, living that abundant life, wow, yeah. um, that is the challenge. That is the challenge for us, and we need to be in a right relationship with Him to experience that abundant life. So, just the last thing here before we wrap up for people who are listening and who maybe have gotten a little bit excited, like, I want that, mm-hmm. and yet feel discouraged. I I don't hear from God. I don't really understand this. What is a first step that someone could take to starting this journey of, of talking not to God, but with God? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I would start by acknowledging that to the Lord and just saying, Lord, you know, I haven't heard you before, but I've heard that you want to be in a relationship. You want to be in a relationship with me. So I'm going to trust that that is what you want for me in my life. Help me, Lord, to hear your voice and to, uh, and maybe asking somebody else to pray uh, for you as you're going through that, maybe for the first time. And just, you know, if you have a an accountability partner or somebody that you're walking through this, uh, a husband, a wife, um, that we're walking through this life journey with, asking them to pray for me as in that. And doing what I mentioned, talking about if seeing if there's any unconfessed sin in your life, making sure that that's taken care of, addressing those things. Sometimes, you know, we don't want to give up some of our, some of our sinful behaviors, um, we're comfortable in them and stuff like that. And God's saying, no, 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 I've got a better way. I've got a better way for you. Um, So uh, making sure that there's no unconfessed sin and then believing, not doubting, that God will speak to us. And then starting with just simple questions, just a simple question or two. Um, Lord, you can ask him, do you love me? Do Mm. you love me? And uh, and he he will point something to you like, 
uh, God will often speak to me through nature and, and through a beautiful sunrise and or a sunset and uh, just to see, man, God, you are an awesome artist. You're an awesome creator. You're an awesome... Um, I can see you in the beauty of my garden where he's made every petal, every every diverse plant that's in there. I just love seeing God in his creative work there. And so knowing that, knowing that he cares intimately about us, that psalm that I read earlier from Psalm 139, how much he knows us and wants us to then know him as well, giving us some courage to say, I'm not going to doubt anymore. I'm going to believe that God wants to speak to me, starting with simple questions and then ultimately um, listening, slowing down. That's an, that's also a, a big part that I learned on my holiday was uh, slowing down enough because sometimes we we go through, I just have to get this devotional done. It's like a check mark on my box. I, I Have I prayed? Have I done my devotions? Have I served? Have I, you know, da, 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 da. No, God wants us to slow down and to, and to listen for him. And if we're in the busyness of our life where we don't have time for God, uh, sometimes he's not going to speak to us. So um, slowing down, start with the small questions. Confirm it with the Lord. If, if So, you know, you want me to read the weirdest book in the Bible, Ezekiel? You want me to read Ezekiel? Leviticus? Or Leviticus? Really? really? <laughs> what, what do you want me to read, Lord? Um, and check it with him and just say, you know, get that impression from God. Is that what you want me to read today? Um, and, then, and then trying it and seeing. And then the other thing is act on what he's saying to you. Act on what he's saying. So if if he's conveying his love for you, praise him, thank him for it, um, and just to give him the honor that he's due. If he's asking you to do something, maybe to reconcile with somebody, um, you know, uh, one of the things I've learned again this summer was uh, pray for our enemies, you know, pray for those that maybe have offended us. Wow, is that hard? But we're called to pray for our enemies and, uh, and God will do a work in our own life to, uh, to heal some of those wounds that, uh, that might be there. And that process, uh, unconfessed sin, acknowledging that, believing that God speaks to us and, you know, not doubting, uh, slowing down to listen, asking a question and then waiting for a response. Not just, not just you talking, but slow down and just wait for a response from the Lord. Think and concentrate on what God might be saying to you. Then start with a small question. Uh, not the big life-altering questions, you know. For me, it's, when am I going to retire? Um, <laughs> or, uh, or uh, you know, who am I going to marry if I was 40 years younger? Or, um, you know, some of those big, what's my career going to be? Don't start off with those big questions of life. Start off with the small things to, to show yourself that God cares about the little aspects of my life to be able to then get into the bigger questions as we, as we walk and become more sanctified and more like Jesus. And then, yeah, acting on what he says. Hmm. That's so good. Well, I hope and I pray that he will continue to speak into your life and thank speak you. out of your life. And thank you for coming to talk about this with me. It's been my pleasure and it's been a joy. So. Yeah. Thank you. Have a good rest of the day. Will do.
From the Valley is a Sturgeon Valley Baptist Church production. It's my pleasure to be able to talk with all sorts of people about these topics. If you're interested in hearing something specific, why not reach out to me? Music at svbc.ab.ca. I'd love to hear from you. If you like what you heard, be sure to click that like button and subscribe to our YouTube or follow our Spotify channels. And be sure to check us out in person or online every Sunday at 10 a.m. I'm Kaylin Ham. Thanks for listening.